0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the episode of Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey Miller So tonight is Game 7 of the NLCS. The Arizona Diamondbacks had a huge win last night in Game 6, 5-1 to one over the Philadelphia Phillies, forcing a Game 7, which is tonight at 8.05, and it's the first Game 7 in the franchise history of the Philadelphia Phillies. So this is a historic game, and obviously a great one to see. The MLB hasn't had a Game 7 since 2021, and now they had two. In both series, in the ALCS and the NLCS. Texas had a big win last night over Houston. I'll recap that game very quick. But the majority of this episode is going to be about the Game 7 game and previewing that. So let's start off with that Game 7 win for the Texas Rangers last night over Houston. Texas had their backs against the wall. They were up 2-0 in the series. They lost three straight games at home. And they found a way to battle back down 3-2. And had two statement wins in Game 6 and Game 7. They found a way to come back down 3-2 after being up 2-0. And when you're down 3-2 and you give up three straight losses in a row at home, that can be demoralizing. A team can completely just give up and fold. But that wasn't the case for this Texas Rangers team. That wasn't the case. They found a way to battle back down 3-2, and they almost were up 3-2. They lost in game five to the Houston Astros off a three-run home run by Jose Altuve in the ninth inning. That game could have been a win for the Texas Rangers. But they found a way to battle back from such a low point Of the series, losing that game in game five, and you had to lead in the ninth inning. And they won game six and game seven, both by big margins, winning by nine to two in game six, and then winning last night 11 to four. So, credit to this Texas Rangers team, they outscored the Astros 20 to six in the last two games. And that's the reason I think this Texas Rangers team is so dangerous, because their offense can take over. And that's even without Corey Seager and Marcus Seaman having big series. I mean, they both struggled in the series. They both did play well last night. Marcus Seaman was 1-for-5. Corey Seager was 3-for-5. Seager had a double and a home run. He had his fifth double of the playoffs and his third home run of the playoffs, which is great to see. He's hitting .333 so far in the playoffs. But in this series, he hit just .258 with an .819 OPS. Marcus hit .207 with a .510 OPS. Their two best players hit .258 and .207, and they found a way to beat the Houston Astros in seven games. So credit to the Texas Rangers. They found a way to battle back in the series with their backs against the wall, down 3-2. After losing game five, a game they should have won, they completely imploded in the ninth inning. And they didn't give up. They found a way to battle back. There's something about this Texas Rangers team that I really like. I mean, I was a fan of them all season long. I rooted for them before the season began. I think I had them in the playoffs being, I believe, the last Wilds kind of team making it in. And then when I did my predictions in July for the MLB right at the all star break, I said they'd make the World Series and I had them losing to the Atlanta Braves in my predictions. But now with the way things stand, I think the Texas Rangers win the World Series. And if you look at their offense, I mean, they unstoppable. And credit to another guy I want to mention, Adolis Garcia. In this series, he had five home runs, 15 runs batted in, a .357 batting average, and a 1293 OPS and an .893 slugging percentage. His 15 runs batted in is the most ever by a player in a single series in MLB playoff history. The most runs batted in for a player in a single series in MLB history. Credit to Adobe Garcia. He was impossible to get out. Impossible to get out. Five home runs, 15 runs batted in, and a .357 batting average. If you look at what he did in the regular season, he had just 245 in the regular season. Just 245 with an 836 OPS. In this series, he had a 1293 OPS and a .357 batting average. That's obviously huge for this team. And credit to him being the MVP of the series in the ALCS. As for the Houston Astros, tough loss for them. I mean, if you look at their lineup, so much talent. But really, only a few guys showed up. Jose Altuve hit 313 in the series, and then Jordan Alvarez was great, 481 batting average, two home runs, and a 139 OPS. But Kyle Tucker hit just 154. Martín Maldonado, even though he's a great defensive catcher, gives him no advantage at the plate. hit just 125 in the series. Jeremy Peña really struggled, hitting 160. He hit just 263 in the regular season, but hit 160 in the series. Alex Bregman hit just 231 in the series. Did have three home runs though, but they obviously needed more from him. And they need more from their pitching. Christian Javier only lasted six batters in the game yesterday, and five of them reached base. A home run to Corey Seeger, a walk, a stolen base, a long single, another stolen base, and a couple more singles. He lasted just six batters in game seven. Just six batters. And the Rangers had a three-to-nothing lead after the top of the first inning. Houston did respond with a run in the bottom of the first inning, but it was three to one after the first inning. And then Texas was hitting the whole game. I mean, even though Houston did have 12 hits in this one, a lot of those came in garbage time, it felt like. Texas had 15 hits and 11 runs. And Javier had a 4.09 ERA in the playoffs this year. He was 2-1 for a record, but yesterday gave up three runs, a walk, a home run, four hits, and only recorded one out. That was tough for him. He only lasted 23 pitches. Max Scherzer didn't last long either. He went two and two-thirds innings giving up four hits, two runs, two walks, two strikeouts, and a home run, and has a 9.45 ERA in the two starts he had in this series. A 9.45 ERA, lasting just 44 pitches. Then Jordan Montgomery came in and was the savior for this team. In the middle innings, they needed a guy to step up, and he went two and a third innings, giving up just three hits, no runs, no walks, one strikeout, and lowered his ERA in the playoffs to 2.16. Very impressive. Just 32 pitches for him in two and a third innings. He got seven outs and 32 pitches. He was great. 2.1 innings. He did his job, obviously. And then Arodis Chapman did come in late in the game at one and a third innings, giving up two hits, no runs, no walks, no strikeouts. 21 pitches in that 1.1 innings he went. As for the Astros, though, their bullpen was hit around. J.P. France was left in the game way too long. He recorded two outs on 28 pitches, giving up five hits, though. Four runs, one walk, and one strikeout. Raising his ERA in the series to 12. He had a 12 ERA in the two games he pitched in in this series. Add to Max Scherzer, in his last three postseason starts, dating back to last season and the two starts this season, he's gone just 11.1 innings, 11 and a third innings, giving up 14 earned runs in that 11.1 innings he's gone. So that's obviously not great. They need him to be better in the World Series. I do believe in this Texas Rangers team. And as I said, credit to Adolis Garcia. He was ridiculous this series. And he was a savior for this team. And the crazy thing is about this Texas Rangers team. This is the first time making back to the World Series since 2011. They went in 2011 and 2010, losing both those years. They've never won a World Series in their franchise history, and they've played in the most playoff games for an MLB franchise that has never won a World Series. The most playoff games for an MLB franchise that's never won a World Series. So hopefully that changes this year. And credit to Doliz Garcia. One thing I want to mention, which was something that Jeff Passant pointed out, was that in 2019, on December 21st, the Rangers paid... A nominal sum of cash to the St. Louis Cardinals for the rights to a 26 year old outfielder with just 17 major league at bats. And this is a quote from a tweet last night from Jeff Passan. His name was Adolis Garcia. In the ALCS this year, Garcia hit 357 with an 893 slugging percentage and a 1293 OPS. They got him in a very small, under the radar trade, and he ends up being the MVP for them in the ALCS. Credit to the team, they've gone all in. In the offseason, getting Jacob DeGrom. Also adding Nate Aldi a couple years ago, adding Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager. And then also at the trade deadline, going all in, getting Max Scherzer, getting Jordan Montgomery, trading some prospects away, and making a run. Credit to this Rangers team. They've really found a way to go all in, and it's completely working out, and I'm proud of them. I always respect teams that go all in, and that's what they've done over the last couple of years, spending half a billion dollars on Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, signing Jacob DeGrom to a big contract, and then also getting Nate Aldi, a very under-the-radar signing, and also making trades for Max Scherzer, Jordan Montgomery, and as Chapman. They've gone all in. And I'm happy for this team. I really am. As for the Houston Astros, though, one thing that was interesting about this season is that they were so poor at home. At Minute Maid Park, they won only three of their last 15 games at home. Winning one of their last nine games at home and three of their last 15. Which is crazy to say. And in this ALCS series, not one team won a home game, which is very interesting. But over the course of the season, the Astros were 40 and 47 at home, and one and five in the playoffs at home, which is ridiculous. They were much better on the road, much better on the road. If you want to know what their numbers were on the road, I'll give them right here. They were 40 and 47 at home, and 56 and 30 on the road, with a plus 165 run differential, and averaged just about six runs per game. As for what they did at home, 40 and 47 record, with a negative 35 run differential. And they lost all four home games in their series. And if what I read earlier was correct, they're the only team in MLB history to lose four home games in a seven-game series, and they've done that twice. They've done that twice. And an interesting note from them after the game last night was that Dusty Baker will be stepping down as a manager of this Astros team, and it will no longer be the manager for them next season. After four years with Houston Astros, he had a combined 320-win, 226-loss record, with a 586-win percentage two AL pennants and a World Series title. Overall in his career in the MLB, he was a manager for 26 years with a 540 win percentage, 2,183 wins with 1,862 losses, with three pennants and a World Series title coming in 2022 last season. For an Astros team, that was great. In the playoffs, they were 11-2 last season. This season, 6-5. and five. But credit to Dusty Baker. He's had a long career in the MLB as a manager. Stand-up guy and obviously a guy that a lot of people are a fan of across the MLB. He's widely respected. And we'll see what he does next. Maybe he steps in a front office or maybe just steps away from the game of baseball considering how many years he has been coaching in the major leagues. So now I'm going to talk about game six last night in the NLCS. A big 5-1 win for the Arizona Diamondbacks. They were up 3-1 right away in the second inning. They scored three runs at the top of the second inning. It was great to see them get things going early. They won the game 5-1 with 10 hits. The Phillies only had six in this one. Corbin was 1-4. for four. Good to see him get going. It was just like in the Rangers series. The Rangers needed Corey Seager and Makasimi to get going. They both did in Game 7. The Diamondbacks needed Corbin Caro to be better in this one. And he found a way to get a hit in this one. Also scored a run. Ketel was great, as always, in the playoffs. He's hitting 375 in the playoffs with a 1025 OPS. He had two hits and two runs batted in. And then also another guy that stepped up for them, Geraldo Perdomo, who had two hits in this one. He was two for four. And they also had some other guys step up, including Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who was really struggling in this series and in the playoffs. He had a big home run in last night's game, a big home run in the second inning, an inning that they had two home runs. Tommy Pham and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. both had home runs in this inning, both of them being solo home runs. Bolted deep left field. And these are two guys that were struggling in this series. Fam's hitting just 231 in the playoffs. And then Gurriel Jr. is hitting just 227. Both of them with OPSs in the six hundreds. Both of these guys need to step up. And they had big home runs in last night's game. Early two. Early home runs in the second inning. Giving the Diamondbacks some momentum. And giving them a 3-0 lead after the top of the second inning. That's obviously huge for this team. And the Diamondbacks were aggressive in this one. They stole four bases in this game. Four bases. Which is huge to see. So we'll see if they're aggressive in game seven as well. As for the Phillies, some guys have been struggling for them, continued to struggle last night. Johan Rojas hitting just 095 in the playoffs. He hit 302 in the regular season, but he's hitting 095 in the playoffs. He was 0 for 3 in last night's game. Nick Castellanos, 0 for 4 in last night's game with two strikeouts. He's hitting 233 so far in the playoffs. And if you look at his numbers in the series, he's just one for 20 in the series with an 050 batting average. He's been really struggling. But it looks like Rob Thompson isn't going to make any changes. It's Kyle Schrober leading off at DH. Trey Turner batting second. He's hitting 378 so far in the playoffs. He'll be playing shortstop, batting second. Then batting third is the first baseman, Bryce Hopper. He's hitting 316 in the playoffs with five home runs. Batting fourth, cleanup is third baseman, Alec Bohm. He's hitting 233 in the playoffs. Bryce and stopped, batting fifth, playing second base. He's hitting 238 in the playoffs. Batting sixth is the catcher, JT Ramuto. He's hitting 267 in the playoffs with three home runs. Nick Castellanos batting seventh playing right field, hitting 233 in the playoffs with five home runs and seven runs batted in. Ramuda does have 12 RBIs in the playoffs, which is very impressive. Just noticed that here in the box score. Batting eighth, it's Brandon Marsh playing left field, hitting 343 in the playoffs with a home run and four runs batted in. And then Johan Rojas playing center field, batting ninth for the Phillies, hitting 095 in the playoffs. As for the Diamondbacks, leading off for them is Catel Marte, the MVP for them this series. And I said, if the Diamondbacks want to win this series, it has to be in seven games and Catel Marte would be the MVP. And right now, the way things stand... I believe both of those things will happen. I think Catal Maté will be the MVP of the NLCS, and I think the Diamondbacks win Game Seven tonight. So we got Maté leading off, playing second base, hitting 375 in the playoffs with two home runs, two stolen bases, and seven runs batted in. Corbin Carroll batting second, playing center field, hitting 250 in the playoffs with two home runs. Gabriel Moreno batting third, playing catcher, hitting 256 in the playoffs with three home runs and eight runs batted in. Christian Walker batting fourth, hitting 194 in the playoffs, playing first base. He also has one home run in the playoffs and three stolen bases. Batting fifth, it's Tommy Pham playing right field with Seven runs scored, two home runs, and two stolen bases in the playoffs, hitting 231 so far in the playoffs. As I said, Lourdes Carrillo Jr. batting sixth, playing left field, hitting 227 with two home runs so far in the playoffs. Evan Longoria, the DH, batting seventh, hitting just 147 in the playoffs. Does have a lot of playoff experience over his career, so I think he's been great in that locker room, I'm sure, trying to calm down the young guys. Batting 8th, it is the 3rd baseman, Emmanuel Rivera, who's hitting just 125 in the series. He has 1 for 8 in the series. And then batting ninth, rounding out the Diamondbacks lineup, it is Geraldo Perdomo, who is 6 of 21 in the series with a 286 batting average and a 747 OPS. Overall in the playoffs, he has 2 home runs, a stolen base, and is hitting 242 overall. As for this game tonight, who's on the mound for each of these teams? It is Brandon Fought on the mound for the Arizona Diamondbacks. A rookie who has 10 and 2 thirds innings scoreless. In his last two outings in the playoffs, one of them being in the NLDS versus the Dodgers, and then one of them being against the Phillies in the NLCS. He went in game three against Philadelphia, going five and two-thirds innings, giving up no runs on two hits, nine strikeouts, and no walks, which was very impressive. We'll see what he can do tonight. And then as for Ranger Suarez, he is on the mound for the Phillies. He has a .94 ERA in the playoffs in his career, which is the best ERA in Major League Baseball postseason history among pitches with a five minimum start total. A .94 ERA. Overall in his career, he's got 28 two-thirds innings in the playoffs, giving up just 16 hits, three earned runs, 26 strikeouts, a .94 ERA, and a .84 whip. The Phillies are 7-1 in playoff games that Ranger Suarez has appeared in, which is very impressive. And he has a chance tonight to get them back to the World Series for the second year in a row. As for the Diamondbacks, they've won three of the last four games, and I feel like all the momentum is in their favor. When you're down 2-0 in the series, you even it up at 2-2, then you lose Game 5 and you find a way to come back, win Game 6, and force a Game 7 just like the Texas Rangers did. They won Game 6 and forced a Game 7. I feel like all the momentum is in Arizona's favor. They're a gritty team that finds ways to win, and they play their best when their backs against the wall, as we saw last night in Game 6. And then also at the beginning of the series when they were down 2-0, they found a way to win the next two games at home in Game 3 and Game 4. And they've had a lot of guys step up. If you look at their hitters, Gerardo Perdomo, Tommy Pham, and Lotus Carrillo Jr., in Games 1 through 4... They were combined 6 of 41 with a 146 batting average and 3 runs batted in and 18 strikeouts. In games 5 and 6, those 3 guys were 7 of 16 with a 437 batting average, 2 home runs, 2 runs batted in, no walks, 3 strikeouts, and a stolen base. They only had 3 strikeouts combined in the last 2 games when they had 18 in the first 4 games combined. Those guys have really stepped up for them, which is huge to see. One guy that really does have to get going for them, though, is Christian Walker, who is 2 of 19 in the NLCS. With a 105 batting average, no doubles, no triples, no home runs, just one run batted in so far in the series, with nine strikeouts and a stolen base. If you look at what his numbers were this season against left handed hitting, he had 255 with 13 home runs and a 922 OPS against left handed pitching this season. They need him to have a big hit in tonight's game. And then the bullpen for the Diamondbacks has really stepped up too. Ryan Thompson, Kevin Ginko, Paul Seawald, who they got actually in a trade right at the deadline from Seattle. All three of those guys in the NLCS have combined to 10 and a thirds innings pitched, giving up just eight hits, one earned run, 12 strikeouts, three walks, a .87 ERA, and a 1.06 whip in the NLCS. In the playoffs overall, they've gone 23 and two thirds innings, giving up just three runs, 29 strikeouts, six walks, a 1.14 ERA, and a 1.05 whip. So they've been great in the postseason when it matters motion. Credit to Arizona Diamondbacks stats and info on Twitter for those numbers there. They crunched those numbers today. I saw it. And I thought it was really interesting. Their bullpen has really stepped up. And we'll see what happens in tonight's game. Can Brandon Fought go more than five or six innings? That would be huge for that Diamondbacks team. Because they can rely on the best relievers for them in the innings six, seven, eight, and nine. Maybe seven, eight, and nine if Fought can go six innings. And that would be huge. Fought is just a rookie. He's only 25 years old. Just turned 25 over the last couple weeks. And in the regular season, he struggled. Was 3-9 and nine with a 5.72 ERA in 18 starts, with 94 strikeouts in 96 innings. But in the playoffs, he's been awesome. He's been awesome for this Diamondbacks team in the playoffs. A 2.13 ERA in three starts, with just three earned runs in 12 and two-thirds innings, with 15 strikeouts to one walk. He has been huge for this team. Has a .95 whip so far in the playoffs in three starts. And then on the other side, you have Ranger Suarez, who had a 4-6 and six record in the regular season, and 22 starts with a 4.18 ERA and a 1.42 whip. But he's been great in the postseason in his career. This year in the postseason, which I already mentioned his numbers, he is 1-0 with a .64 whip, a .64 ERA, and has a chance tonight to send the Phillies back to the World Series for the second year in a row. So now for my prediction, which I said, if Arizona wants to win the series, which I was rooting for them to win the series, I knew it had to be in seven games, and I knew Ketamate would have to have a big series. And I'm going to stay with that. I thought the Phillies would win in six, in my predictions, but I was really rooting for Arizona to win in seven. I wanted to say Arizona in seven, but there was something about that Phillies team and their lineup that I said they'd win in six games, maybe because of how hot they were in the playoffs last year. But I was really rooting for Arizona to win in seven. And I'm going to stay with Arizona winning in seven. I think they win tonight. And I'll go with a score of six to five. I think it'd be a very close game, but I think Arizona finds a way to win. And I think there will be a big hit in this game from Christian Walker. A guy that's really struggled so far in the postseason. But he was great in the regular season for his left-handed pitching. I think he has a big hit tonight. And as for Brandon Fought, I'm hoping he can go five innings and maybe give up a couple runs. As for Ranger Suarez, he's been great in the postseason. If the Diamondbacks can find a way to get some runs on the board early and put some pressure on the Phillies, that would be huge. They've all the momentum already. Being down 2-0, tying it up 2-2, and then being down 3-2 and finding a way to win game six in Philly and forcing game seven, they've all the momentum in the world. This would be their first time back to the World Series since 2001. And then on the other side, you have the Texas Rangers, who have never won a World Series ever. That would be a great World Series matchup between Arizona and the Texas Rangers. I'm rooting for that to be the matchup. We'll see what happens to tonight's game. The Phillies have always found a way to battle in the postseason. We saw it last season. They completely took over the playoffs with all of their power and clutch hitting. But there's some guys that really stepped up in the postseason last year, like Nick Castellanos, that really haven't been showing up so far in this playoff series, Castellanos being one of them. We'll see who will step up in tonight's game. Whether it be Arizona or Philadelphia, I'm hoping it's a great game. This is a great time of year. It's really the sports equinox. The October sports equinox. You have the NBA starting tonight, which I'm excited for that. The clip is play tomorrow night. I'll probably give my NBA predictions tomorrow. Don't really have much time to really record it now before the Phillies game starts. But I think a lot of people probably already know I'm going to have the clip is probably winning the NBA finals and that. At least that's what one of my picks will be. I'll probably give a couple... NBA Finals predictions like I did for the NFL and like I did for the NHL. I'll probably give a couple predictions, one based on my heart and what I want to happen, and then one that I think, if I had to pick one, another one that I think would happen, I'll do that as well. And even though I know a couple games start tonight, you have the Lakers and the Nuggets going at it, then we have the Suns and the Warriors going at it, I think the NBA MVP this year will be Donovan Mitchell. So I'm not going to change any of my predictions for win-loss records or any of that based on what happens tonight. I wanted to record that today, just didn't really get any time, so I'll do that tomorrow. I'll give a breakdown of my awards winners and then win-loss record for every team and then break down my playoff bracket and preview that from where things stand now before the season begins. But I'm excited for this time of season. This is really the best time of year for sports. You have college football in the middle of the season, really heating up. The NFL's about midway through the season. You have the start of the NBA season tonight. The NHL's been underway now for a couple weeks. And you also have the MLB playoffs. And I'm a big fan of the fall. My birthday's in the fall, so I've always loved the fall growing up. And I also love football, so it's a perfect time of year. And then also you add in all the other sports and everything going on. You have college hockey going on right now. College basketball will be starting pretty soon in the next couple weeks. I'm excited for this time of year in sports always. And then also the weather I love too. 60 degrees. You can go outside with a light jacket on, a sweatshirt, and sweatpants, and be comfortable, which I've always loved growing up. And then also Halloween. I've always loved Halloween. Great time of year. So I'll probably talk about Halloween at some point in one of these episodes and give you a breakdown of my favorite Halloween candies like I did last year on my BC Sports Radio show. But I'll probably keep that in another episode. As for my predictions for tonight's games in the NBA, I got the Nuggets over the Lakers in a close game. I think the Nuggets will win by a couple points, let's say three or four points. I think Jamal Murray will have a big game, let's say 30 points from him. And then in the other game, we have the Warriors going up against the Phoenix Suns. I think the Warriors win that game, I'll say, by a score of five points. I think it'll be a close game. Obviously, a lot of talent on the Lakers A lot of talent on the Nuggets, a lot of talent on the Suns, and then obviously a lot of talent on the Warriors. So two great games to start the NBA season. I like the Warriors to win tonight, and I like the Nuggets to win as well. Anyways, I will conclude this episode. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it. I hope you guys have a good one, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you.